Hi friends, I'm Jenny Meyer, and you're listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we talk about real life, biblical truth, and how to walk with Jesus through it all. Be sure to follow me on social at Jenny Meyer and at She Is Rooted. Also check out the website, JennyMeyer.com, as it is my mission to help women cease the striving while resting into who God has called them to be. Now let's get started. Don't forget to check out the brand new Unraveling Truth podcast. This is a members-only podcast that will work to uncover and unravel the truth regarding our history through a biblical lens. This uncensored podcast dives into more fringe topics that you will not hear on this Rooted with Jenny Meyer podcast. So definitely go check it out and you gain all the previous episodes when you hit subscribe. Check it out at www.unravelingtruthpodcast.com. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I know so many of you are waiting for this episode. You guys have been emailing me, messaging me, asking when am I going to have Remnant Rising back on for part two of our Biblical Giant series. So welcome today. Here we go. We're going to dig right into fallen angels. So in part one, we talked about just the overview of Biblical Giants. We talked a little bit about the fallen angels, but today we really want to dive into what are the fallen angels, what happens, where it happens, um, what's going on with them now, and um, not really dig into the giant or the Nephilim piece of it, but we're going to focus solely on the fallen angels. So I'm going to call you Remnant. (laughs) So welcome back. Um, Thanks so much for joining me again today. Yes, you are so welcome. It's good to be back. Yes. And, and I love our conversations about this. I love like our text thread that we just like, Hey, did you see this? Um, so it has been such a blessing literally to have someone who is like, so into this, um, like, like I am. And so, um, I'm excited and I really, you know, before I hit record on this podcast, we were talking a little bit about Psalm 82 and, um, just making making sure that people are aware of the difference between that Psalm 82 passage Mm -hmm. and those, the council and the little G gods versus the fallen angels. So do you want to start us off and let's just dig right in? Yeah, let's do it. So Psalm 82 really gives you the background for a spiritual realm and how there is another council to God. And it's Psalm 82 one says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. And you read that and you're like, huh, okay, that's interesting. Like move on. And then you just keep going and you see that repeatedly and like throughout um, scripture, like Psalm 29, one give unto the Lord. Oh, you mighty ones give unto the Lord glory and strength. And then Psalm 89, six, for who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? Psalm 97, nine, for you, O Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Psalm 136, two, oh, give thanks to the God of gods. His mercy endures forever. Deuteronomy 10, 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. And you read all those and you see them all together like that. And you're like, okay, there's something to this. (laughs) There's actually something else here. And so even when God is doing um, 
he's executing judgment against the gods of Egypt, and that's Exodus 12, 12. And so when you understand that there's actually other little G gods, you understand why the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. And so when you put those pieces together, you're like, okay, so there's other gods. Got it. What yeah. do they do? What does that mean? Like what happened? Like, and then you have a million other questions. Yeah. And that's something that I like was so unaware of until I think it was last summer when I put, picked up that Michael Heiser book. Yes. Uh, the supernatural. And he dug into that. And he said, like, literally Psalm 82, he like in all his years, like the theologian, right. Has never sat in a church service where that was covered and talked about. No, never. Like, and he, I love the way he says it too, because he's like the, like more intriguing the verse, the more he wants to dig in, the more that people pass over him and don't talk about him. He's like, let's dive in. Like, what is this about? And it's so true because I've never heard anything about this, like sitting in a sermon, like ever. And so what you come to find out is that this council makes decisions. Mm -hmm. And so they talk through things. And so in Daniel 4, 17, you'll see there's one and it's the case against Nebuchadnezzar. And it says, this decision is by decree of the watchers and the sentence of the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will and sets over sets over it the lowest of men and so you really see that there's an actual like conversation that goes on and there's decision making and these are the little g instances. And so when God confused the language at Tower of Babel, he forsook all the other nations Mm -hmm. and he split them up into 70 nations. And then actually that ties back into how Jesus sends out the 70 disciples. And so that's the counterbalance for it, which is beautiful. But so God gives them over to these little G gods to be ruled, but he kept Israel for his own. And so Deuteronomy 32, eight and nine says, when the most high gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. And so you see that God kept his portion specifically and that all the other nations were now ruled by these other little lower G gods. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, these gods either rebelled or something happened to where they began ruling unjustly. Mm -hmm. And so they are completely different now at this point. And so when you go back to Daniel, you'll see how the angels fought with the prince of the Persian kingdom for 21 days. And so you see that they are ruling over these kingdoms. And Daniel 10, 12 says, um, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been left alone there with the Kings of Persia. And so we knew that we know that they rule over nations and they still rule over nations. And we can see that in the wickedness that plays out continually nation Mm -hmm. against nation and people against people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And wasn't, isn't in, in Job, in the book of Job, isn't that counsel also um, represented in that story with Job? Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember which, I mean, I, I <laughs> maybe I should look it up real fast, but we see all throughout scripture that there are these little G gods. And I mean, it t- does totally make sense when you say like, you know, that's why the first commandment, there should be no other gods before me. Um <laughs> And literally, so God's like, let me put this in front of you. Yeah, yeah. There are others. And granted, like I know in today's world and culture, we're taught like, you know, idols can be anything. Like you can yep. money could be your God or relationships yep. or whatever it is. Um, but I think it is so important to be aware that there are other gods. And I mean, this is where I'm still kind of working out in my own mind of like, okay, so let's take those Greek gods per se, right? Like Zeus and Hercules and all of these. And does, are those actually these little G gods? And in my mind, I would, I would kind of say yes. Um, Yes. Either that, or are they the fallen angels that came down on Mount Hermon? That's where I don't know. I was going to say it's a, is as you're like getting into this, like we were talking about, it's like, okay, this is this thing. And this is this thing, but they do like, obviously they both ended up fallen and and wicked in some way, shape or form, you know? So like, they're still like on the same bad side of things. Yep. And so it's kind of easy to like confuse them, but yeah. Um, I don't remember where I wrote it down, but, um, it was talking about how in like Greek mythology, like the Titans are the ones that are like under the earth, you know, mm-hmm. but then in Enoch, he explains what that is. Yep. And yep. so, um, yep. yeah. I'll awesome. And yeah. Um, so then, okay. So we have these little G gods and then we have these fallen angels that we want to kind of dive in today more so of the actual fallen angels who were known as the watchers. And um, I still think that we probably need to come back and do a full episode on these little G gods and after, after more research on that. But um, so I'm going to dive into these fallen angels. So they were known as the watchers and I'm going to read a little bit out of the book of Enoch. So I first want to preface this with take this book and any of these quote unquote extra biblical texts as historical accounts. I cannot emphasize that enough because I feel like if you were raised in the Christian church, like I was, we were told and taught, do not read these books, do not do this. And no, no, no. And, you know, all this shame around reading the books. And I mean, so then when I'm 38 years old asking my pastor, like, why can't I read these books? And he's like, no, take it as a historical account of, of these ancient times. So it may or may not be the inspired word of God, like in my mind, right? It may or may not, but it is a history book. And I think it's really important to know the history of, of what was going on in that day. And so the book of Enoch starts off explaining how 200 angels chose to leave heaven on Mount Hermon. It's also called Hermon. I've heard it like just pronounced differently all over, but they chose to leave heaven and begin interbreeding with women. And Enoch 6, 1 and 2 say this, and it came to pass when the sons of men had increased that in those days, there were born to them fair and beautiful daughters and the angels, the sons of heaven saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, come, let us choose for ourselves wives 
from the children of men and let us beget for ourselves children. And then verse six says, and they were in all 200 and they came down on Artis, which is the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called the mountain the mountain Hermon, because on it, they swore and bound one another with curses. So without reading this whole book, basically they made a pact with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Hey, I'll go do it if you do it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we're all taking the fall together. There's not just one, it's all of us. So how do we know it is true? Because it's referenced also in the Bible. Um, I know that you'll you'll dive into the Jude verse, but Jude 1, 6 says, and the angels which kept not their first estate and left their own habitation, he hath reserved the everlasting chains under darkness. So it says right there that, that they chose not to keep their first estate. And then in 2 Peter 2, 4 and 5, it says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So again, it's referenced in 2 Peter. And then I do want to read um, Genesis 6 because it says it right here too. And so often we skip over this part. And, and again, it's not it's not taught in in churches. I mean, at least like growing up that I was a part of. So, I was never taught it either. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's so interesting, honestly, that Genesis 6 and Enoch 6 are literally like the same thing. Very true. Didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, so Genesis 6, 1 through 8 says, Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he has also he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. So that's one through four um, in chapter six. So right there, we see the seed war happened mm-hmm. of Genesis three. So when when Eve ate of that apple, and um, God in in the garden is giving the curses, right? So three Genesis three fifteen, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So her seed, we know that that's Jesus. That is the line of Jesus, and also us as believers. Mm-hmm. But what is his seed, right? He's talking to um, the the serpent here, and his seed is that of these fallen angels and mm-hmm. um, all of that. So we see that that seed war start. So these angels who came down, I mean, first they they saw the most beautiful angel of them all, right? Lucifer, mm-hmm. who had it all, had all these jewels, everything. They saw him. They saw his pride come up and and saw how he rebelled and then he entices others and boom we have a major seed war going on so mm-hmm. um do you want to go into a little bit about just i guess the judgment of these fallen angels 
Yeah, well, so, I mean, we obviously know that they have been reserved for everlasting change under darkness for judgment. Um, and so you see that they're going to, they're, they're already in, in their everlasting darkness right now. Yeah. And yeah. it says that they are um, set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And so they're, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not something you want to be a part of. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been there for how many thousands of years now mm -hmm. that, you know, God did not spare them. He will have absolutely nothing to do with wickedness and nothing to do with anything that tries to hurt the lineage and the seed to Christ. Mm -hmm. That was the whole plan that Christ would fulfill the destiny of everything that was broken from Adam and Eve. Yeah. And so we have, we have a ways to go, but we're seeing, you know, all of this played out and um, Jude and Peter both had a full understanding of Enoch. Mm -hmm. However you want to take that and however you want to look at that, even though Enoch is not in the bi biblical text itself, they had a full understanding of it and they knew exactly what had happened. And sometimes I feel like they talk about these things like everybody knew. Yeah. They had such a different, like, spiritual worldview of things. And so I'm actually going to jump back to Mount Hermon where they came down. Cause this will just give a little bit of background for it. And for like the cosmic geography mm -hmm. of how everybody during ancient times understood that there were cosmic powers yeah. and that there were all these other things happening. And so you see um, that the gates of hell is literally at the bottom of Mount Hermon. Mm -hmm. And that's what it has always been believed to be in ancient times. And so this is where the watchers fell. And so this was basically like ground zero for all of cosmic power and some place that literally no one wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so God is, you know, taking the Israelites on their like warring campaigns and things like that. And he takes them to Bashan, which is the king of Og of Bashan. And that's who he wanted them to fight. The king, King Og was an Amorite who was a giant mm -hmm. who's, this is the giant whose height was like the cedars that's mentioned in Amos. And so when you're able to piece all these little pieces together, you're like, okay, so they're at the gates of hell, basically fighting a giant who is as tall as the cedars. And then you realize that this is literally the place that Jesus took his disciples and asked them who they thought he was. Mm -hmm. And so in Roman times, it was known as Caesarea Philippi, but in ancient times, it was the region of Bashan. Mm -hmm. And so Peter says and answers Jesus and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus obviously tells Peter, like, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates yeah. of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah. And he's literally saying this while standing at the gates of hell. So everybody understands these cosmic regions and everybody understands 
this spiritual battle and this spiritual warring that's happening that we just have no clue about today. Yeah. Like until that was explained and I was able to piece things together about like, oh, Bashan, oh, Og. Oh, but that's mm-hmm. the Og that they mentioned that was the giant. And then this is the one that's mentioned about this. And so you're able to piece all of this stuff together and you see how when God says, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground, that the place where he is, is holy. And so the Israelites ground was holy and everything else around it, all the other nations ruled by all the other gods and um, fallen angels, they are unholy. Mm-hmm. And so there's two huge differentiating things that you see there. And that's why God has constantly told them that you have to conquer them and destroy them mm-hmm. because that lineage is the important part of everything and it cannot be intermingled. And he knew that the Israelites would be like falling for all these other gods that do exist. And so these angels that have done this and did not keep their proper place and did not keep holy ways that God had set apart. He has reserved for them their everlasting change under darkness for judgment of the great day. And so you just see how much this matters to God. Yep. Yep. It's not even it like, he's literally like, I don't play mm-hmm. like, yep. And it's crazy. I I don't know if this is, if this is a hundred percent fact or not, but I feel like I read somewhere recently that um at those gates of hell mm-hmm. used to be like the the greek god pan like the goat man yes, it I was have read that, that too that where he was yeah. um and i mean it's literally at the base of mount hermon and mm-hmm. um also there are some theologians that believe that when jesus went up for the the um, mount of um, transfiguration mm-hmm. when when he did that 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 was on mount hermon um so some people do believe that. And yeah. I mean, if it was, it would make sense because Jesus is saying, no, I am conquering all of this yes. and I am going to build my church right yep. here. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Like it makes yep. sense that that passage, like the gates it of literally hell, gives you chills. It does. It totally <laughs> does. And I mean, here you have like this Greek God Pan who, I mean, in, in my opinion, being the goat man also like yes. symbolizes Satan, yep. right? Yeah. And um, which that's again is another one that we need to get into with all the different names and um, mm-hmm. whether that's Apollo or, or Apollyon, you know, that's talked about in Revelation as well. So yeah. these these fallen angels, like w- the question that I that I have sometimes, I'm like, well, why? Like, why? Why did they do that? Like they had it all, right? They mm-hmm. had they had it all. And you know, questioning like, well, do angels have free will as well? And so in looking at that in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, um, Mm -hmm. those two different passages, we learn that um, about Lucifer falling, right? Mm -hmm. And he was beautiful. He had had it, he had it all. And became prideful. He was bitter, jealous of humans because we are made in the image of God and he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And putting this all together, it makes me think that, that yes, they had free will, like mm-hmm. that those angels had free will. And yeah. um, then when you look into revelation 12, four, um, 
And that I'm going to read that real fast. It says, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven Mm -hmm. and it cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which, sorry, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was as soon as it was to be born. So a lot of people think this Revelation 12 verse is talking about the third of the angels that came down um, mm-hmm. with 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 Lucifer. And again, with all of this, you know, putting the pieces together like a puzzle, I feel like mm-hmm. it leads me to believe that these angels has they have free will as well. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like if you're forced to love. That's not love. love. And these angels, just like us, needed to choose Yahweh, Mm -hmm. the one true God. Um, And so these 200 angels disobeyed. They chose to disobey. They chose to to rebel. And I think that this is what the seed war was that was mentioned in Genesis Mm -hmm. 3 is all about. Um, So with with all this being said, you know, and talking about all of this, why do you think that it's so important for people to really understand this in particular in then present day, like what is happening in our world? <laughs> I, that's a loaded right. question, but <laughs> uh, well, clearly we know that fallen angels still rule over the nations. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no way around that you see it in the wickedness, you see it in the decisions that are made, you see all the warring that's happening. It just, we are still ruled by these fallen angels. And so when you understand that in a spiritual sense, you know that it's so incredibly important to pick up your armor every single day. Yes. I am actually in a study right now. Um, on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And it is incredible. And so I do want to do like a download of all of that because mm-hmm. it's a whole nother side of things that I hadn't even heard. And I've, I mean, we've done the armor of God for how long, like, yeah. you know, there's like the drawings and little felt things that you mm-hmm. put on like yeah. all over the body. And, but there were so many new things that I got out of this. And I think we still have like three weeks left. Um, but I want to do a breakdown because you have to put on the armor. It is literally your protection and God has given it to you. And the fact that Paul tells you about it and says that there are rulers and principalities, he's aware. He, he knows that there's all these spiritual forces that are literally against us on a daily basis. And so he's telling you, like, you have all these things at your disposal. So you do have to armor up every single day yeah. and you have to realize that the more you, and like, I found this out just in my own life, um, the more that you are engaged in that, the quicker you see the spiritual attacks coming and the quicker you can defend yourself, yeah. the yeah. quicker they go away. <laughs> yeah. But it literally is a constant battle. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it could be like multiple times a day. And you're just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this one thing keeps coming back, you know, whatever it is, but it is a repeated thing because you will see that um, even in Daniel, when he's talking about the antichrist in the last days, like the goal is to wear out the saints. It's happening. It is happening. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you see the falling away and you see the veils that are on people's eyes still that haven't been uncovered. And his goal is to wear us out. 
because it literally is a war of attrition. It's who lasts the longest. So if we can keep our spiritual armor on and stay guarded, we're literally protected by Christ. Mm-hmm. So of course he can't get to us, you know, yep. it will allow you to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Like yep. how powerful is that? Yep. And I, sometimes I don't think we realize how much power that actually has, you know, yep. and yep. That, that we have that. So literally just, it is, it comes down to an everyday thing where you're needing to pick up your armor and you need to realize that we are ruled by other principalities of darkness that are literally out to destroy us. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like the more you dig into the truth and God's word, the more you are moving the kingdom forward, whether you're speaking yes. out, speaking truth, sharing things, even with close friends and family, the yep. enemy is going to attack even harder because yep. I mean, he attacks everyone, but he's going to attack those who are moving and pushing the kingdom further um, and closer to God. Because they're the threat. Yep. If you're not doing anything, you aren't a threat. If you're lukewarm, you're not a threat. Yeah. Jesus will spit you back. Yep. We just went over that last Sunday um, in church and like you know, that, that phrase of neither hot nor cold, like I loved how my pastor put it. He's like, it's, it's being useful. Cold water is useful. Hot water is useful. Lukewarm water, not useful. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants it. And, um, I love how he related it that way. Um, but I think that, you know, and, and we'll get into this more, I think on part three, when we get back to the Nephilim and all of Mm -hmm. that, but, do you think that we know that that the Nephilim spirits, right? The dead Nephilim yep. spirits are demons. Yes. That's what I believe. Um, do you think they are doing basically the work and the bidding for these fallen angels? I don't know if it's directly for fallen angels, but like it is Satan. Mm-hmm. I guess I view it as like Satan as a big umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And then fallen angels under that, mm-hmm. and then demons under that. So mm-hmm indirectly or directly yes mm-hmm. you know yeah. but i don't know i mean they all have the same goal yeah they all have the same plan of destruction and chaos and deception yeah but i don't know if it's like you know the specific like hierarchy of yeah. things and yeah. how that works but in my mind i view it as satan fallen angels and the reason i do is because fallen angels were intelligent beings they yes. were created demons are a byproduct of something. And I know that we talked about this last time, but when you see a demon possessed person, they're crazy. Like you can't reason, you can't do anything with them, but these fallen angels as intelligent beings, well, yeah, they're the ones that rule everything. Mm -hmm. So they're able to make calculating decisions. They're the ones that play chess. Yep. Everybody else is just kind of doing their own thing, but so that, yeah, that's how I view that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I mean, we know that these fallen angels are in Tartarus, correct? Like mm-hmm. the underworld is what, yep. like the ancient days, that's what they called it, right? The underworld. Yep. And they believe that it was literally in the center of the earth. Um, and on this podcast, we're not going to get into that <laughs> right now, um, but they believe that. And I mean, if, if, if you've done some research and I know you have, um, but if you are listening and you've done some research on CERN 
and what oh, is yeah. happening with them trying to break through. Yes. I mean, in in my mind, they're trying to let these guys out like now. I would 100% agree with that. Okay. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, then actually, I want to jump back real quick to part of judgment because I totally missed this. But when Jesus is talking in Matthew 25, verse 41, he is talking about how they're going to separate the sheep and the goats. And he says, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So Jesus is also telling other people that this is what's happening. It's not just something that we find out about later from Jude or Peter, like Mm -hmm. Jesus is actually saying this everlasting fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. And so, um, one of the other things for back to the little G gods, part of their punishment is that they shall die like men. They mm-hmm. lose their immortality. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super interesting. Um, in Psalm 82, verse six and seven, because they had ruled unjustly, their immortality is taken away. And he says, I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. And so I thought that that was something that was incredibly interesting where they're actually losing their immortality and they're, I mean, they'll be in the lake of fire too. So like they both have the same judgment, you know, Yeah. but um, I fully believe what you were saying about CERN, that this is trying to come back and come out. And I, what is it? Revelation nine. Mm-hmm. Nine yeah. one, yeah. or nine nine eleven, right? Yeah, Isn't it exactly. nine eleven. I'm like, huh, nine nine eleven. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, I mean that verse, and I go into more of that on my CERN um, podcast over on Unraveling Truths, um, which is so podcast. good. By the way, if you guys have not listened, you need to go listen because it will give you a full understanding of what's happening and how this connects. Because the whole like gates of hell at Mount mm-hmm. Hermon, the whole mm-hmm. portal thing, the whole Stargate thing, like yep. they are all connected yep. and they are trying to use those powers obviously for evil. Like, yep. yeah. And it's, I mean, and that's what, that's what this world is going to be. That's why, I mean, as Christians, this world is not our home and we have to keep our eye on Jesus. We have to keep our eye on the yep. prize and run the race with endurance, right? Like yep. we still need to like do the, the, the great commission of but that's actually, that's, that's something I want to point out to you. Literally just said it to run the race with endurance mm-hmm. and something I had just shared in stories was occupy until he comes. Yeah. I've literally <laughs> like when you see the same thing repeated, like I saw it, what three days or three times within like a day and a half. And it's like, here's your reminder occupy until he comes. We are to run the race with endurance. We do not shrink back. Mm-hmm. Like we press on, we press <laughs> forward, we shine the light for the kingdom. That is that is the plan. That is the goal. Yeah. And it's so easy to shrink back. It is. Yes. Especially, I mean, totally. it, it's Satan's goal is to wear us out. And yep. I mean, how many times have you been so weary and tired? And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm studying in Jeremiah right now and um, actually this morning, like in Jeremiah 20, he, the, the, you have this prophet where everyone hates him. 
Everyone yes. hates him. Literally and everybody he, hates him. Yeah. And the poor guy like is literally talking to God and he's like, pretty much like, I'm done. Like I have done my part. I am tired. I am weary. I mean, at the end of verse, um, chapter 20, end of verse nine says, and I am weary of holding it in and I cannot endure it. And so you have this poor guy who's just like, I'm trying to quit. I don't want to do it. But then what he does is he like keeps on talking, keeps on like looking through it and, and goes back to the word, like, but your word, like sustains me. And so it's so cool to see him. And he, he picks up the fight again and, you know, and he's warning Judah at the time of the destruction mm-hmm. and not a fun job. No, like, like not a fun job at, at all. And he was young. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he didn't have a wife. He was told not to marry, not have kids. And like, I just can't imagine, like, I think it's so important for us to put ourselves in these guys shoes sometimes of yeah. like, they did it. Look, they, they endured till the end when it was so much harder back then you would think. Yeah. Right. Like during those times in, in, where Judah and Israel were taken captive. And like, I mean, it's just, it's so encouraging. It really is um, that we can press on, that we can endure and take the example of these Old Testament prophets, whether it's the the major prophets or the minor prophets in the Old Testament, but take their their example that Mm -hmm. we will be persecuted. Like, I mean, if you are following Jesus and you are, doing what he calls you to do, you're going to be persecuted. Like I mean, simple he has as that. told us that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he did. So I think that for all of you listening to this podcast, I hope, I really, really hope that this makes sense because it's confusing. <laughs> I'm going to just say it out there. This stuff is confusing. Yep. And I highly well, recommend. There's so many things that we actually aren't told. Oh Yeah. There's so many things we're not told because like, even I think you and I had talked about this before, like the Genesis six verse, those verses are just like literally so nonchalant, so breezed over. And it's because in my mind, it's because everybody in the day knew exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. There didn't need to be an explanation for it, but us were like, wait, what? excuse me, yep. how did this happen? And we're like, does anyone want to go into other detail about this? Cause we, we don't get it. But when you are able to piece all of this together, it just makes everything make so much more sense. Absolutely. Like, and it just goes back to the fact that like, I mean, how many different like books of the Bible have we pulled from today? Mm-hmm. Because yep. in Psalm, it says the sum of your word is truth. So the sum, putting all of the pieces together, it's not just the individual things by themselves where you're going to get the most clarity. And Mm -hmm. out of all of the Bible, nothing ever contradicts itself. Yeah. Not once. So you have to put those pieces together because if something's not making sense, it's you not understanding. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. that God didn't know what he was saying. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I think that's one that's always like a, okay, let's rework this. Like, clearly I'm not getting this how is this like this? And then basically like what we were talking about um, before we jumped on today, just like, is this what you understand? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is, it's so cool though. I feel like once you dig in, it's like, oh my gosh. And I mean, the, the emails that I've been getting, like 
a lot off of our first part one to this series. Um, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea, but it, it is right there. It is mm-hmm. right there. And when you really read the word, I mean, yeah. like read it and let it soak in, pray about it, like meditate on it, like we're supposed to and reread it. Um, not just trying to get through the Bible in a year, like a ton of people do, not just trying to like do your due diligence for the day of read my Bible today. No, let me check the box. Exactly. But like, know it like know it like satan knows it because he knows the word of god probably way like well i guarantee you better than any of us yeah. any of us and so we have to get in it and know it because that yep. is our defense yep. our bible and and god's word is our defense um so once once you start down this like trail of the fallen angels. No, it's so good. It's so good. And so I know that I said this on the last um, podcast, but it really started for me when I read Supernatural by Dr. Michael Heiser. And yes, everybody should read that. Highly recommend. Yes. And it breaks it down so easy. He does yes. have um, Unseen Realm and that's the longer version, but the Supernatural's just start there because he dives all into Psalm mm-hmm. 82 of these little G gods. Um, so anything that you want to wrap up today as far as the fallen angels go? Um. Not necessarily, but I do want to say that when Tower of Babel happened and God dispersed the nations and all of that, Pentecost was the reverse. Pentecost was the opposite of that, where he's taking his gospel, mm-hmm. tongues of fire through the Holy Spirit, through mm-hmm. everybody there, so that now from Jerusalem mm-hmm. at Pentecost, all these people in all these different nations can go back and spread the gospel through all the earth. And I just love, 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 love that because Mm -hmm. every time you see one spiritual move, you see a counter move and it's so incredibly cool, whether it's the 70 and the 70 or the 12 and the 12 or, you know, Tower of Babel and Pentecost. And it's like a lot of time goes by, but there is still always a plan. There is still always a plan of redemption for us and how all of that works out. And so it doesn't matter currently who rules the nations because we serve the one true living God. Yep, absolutely. And I think it's important to know what happened in the days of Noah Yeah, because we are so clearly told that that will be happening again in the end times. And so if there was a mixing and of, I mean, of, messing with DNA of our God-given DNA. When those fallen angels came down, somehow we're going to be in the days of Noah, which I can see so clearly with the transhuman agenda. I was Um, literally going to say that. Yep. Yep. And you guys, we're there. And so with us doing this podcast, like we want we want to get the word out. We want to get you to, if you don't know Jesus, accept Jesus. Like there is no, no better time because the days are getting shorter and shorter and his gospel will prevail. And we do win because God wins in the end. We already, we know, we know how it goes. It's, we are never told it's going to be easy. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people are really struggling right now with, um, you know, the spiritual attacks and everything that's happening in our world today. And it's going to be hard. But 
when you know the truth, when you know God, he, he gets you through. And that is the only thing that you can lean on because we can't do it in our own. Um, so I do think he it's gives so us important. the peace that passes all understanding. Yep. yep. And I can't tell you how many times I've felt that. And like, I, I feel like I literally live the peace that passes understanding. Cause there's things where I'm like, okay, well, I can't control it. It's yep. not going to happen. You know, I like, know. doesn't matter to me. There's nothing I can do, but I can do these things that I know are biblical that are going to help fight it. But it's, um, it's just, I, especially over the past couple of years, like, I don't know how people have hope without Jesus. It, like, it blows my mind and it breaks my heart because I don't understand how you can get through some of these things without knowing there is hope. And that's what our faith is. Mm -hmm. And so guys, it's free. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where you see the fear. That's where people literally live in fear and it makes them physically ill. Um, And I mean, I can't imagine living a life like that. So, oh, goodness, that is from the enemy. It Mm -hmm. is all to destroy you. So that when you have Jesus literally living in you, that's your defense. Yep. The best defense you could ever have. Yep. Yep. So, so, so good. Um, And there's so much more. Like, I mean, I know know that we could talk forever about this, um, but I know we wanted to kind of just condense the fallen angels at, you know, kind of a little bit on those little G gods, just just so people are aware, because like I told yeah. you before we recorded that I did a poll last week on my Instagram stories of like, I don't remember what verse I posted, but did you know that there are little G gods? There are these entities that, that mm-hmm. Yahweh created within his council yeah. and 95% of the people said no. Yeah. Um, and it's, it starts there and I mean, it, it explains so much of what yeah. the, the spiritual battles that we go through. Um, so I hope that this answered a lot of your guys' questions about the fallen angels on Mount Hermon. But again, how cool is that? that oh, that, P.S. You know what else is on Mount Hermon? Uh-oh. What? A UN site. Oh, I think I knew that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't. <laughs> I know. I know. It is just all tied in together, you guys. If you that right can't, there, like talk about one without no. connecting all the others because it is this big, massive, tangled web that has been weaved, mm-hmm. and and literally yeah. pushing like that. That right there shows you like everything in our world today is biblical. Yep. It is like right there. Everything is the spiritual warfare. Is this like good versus mm-hmm. evil? everything and them pushing the one world order, all of that. And I mean, one, you can see it even when you start looking at their logos too, like it's it's so good. The logos are one of my favorite things. Uh Yeah. That's a whole nother jumping off point too. No kidding. Oh goodness. All right, you guys, well, we will let you get back to your day. Um, again, Remnant, thank you so much for being with us. I love our conversations and I cannot wait for part three. So We'll have to dive more into the Nephilim and um, yeah, and then hopefully get into some of the giants that re- like the remains that are still being found around yes, the world like today. The more modern day stuff, like not the ancient stuff, like mm-hmm. the today stuff. Yep. 
Yep. We will get into that. So anyways, you guys, thanks for listening and I will see you next time.